0: We're here because of God's grace. It's through God's love and grace that we acknowledge the First Nations people on whose land we meet. We acknowledge their care for country, land, oceans and waters. We acknowledge Elders past, present and future. We acknowledge past injustices. And we acknowledge the need through Jesus and with Jesus to work towards conciliation. You've found the Next Steps podcast from Citywide Baptist Church, where we go deeper and wrestle with the stuff we talk about on a Sunday morning. So please join us as we take next steps together. Hello, and welcome to the Next Steps podcast from Citywide Baptist Church. My name is Matt, I'm your host. Joining us today are Mitchell pastor Matt pastor Paul and pastor Dan and for the first time ever all the pastors are in the same room which could be interesting today I'm excited
1: I'm back in the office and we're actually physically together for the conversation which is uh, at least three of us are YouTube likes you know you're, you're, you're safe and at a safe distance
0: yes safe distance is something that's that's coming to mind right now um, <laughs> So yeah, welcome guys. Uh, we're recording this podcast on Monday the 15th of November and you'll be able to find it on YouTube or your podcast app on Wednesday the 17th of November. Um, Matt, tell us about what we uh, what we did at church on Sunday.
1: Well, I'm really excited. Stu worked his magic and created this booklet for us, stepping into your calling. And uh, a number of people have been saying to me, look, you talk a lot about calling and I think I get it but I'm not actually sure if I get it and so uh our this is our best attempt at naming what we mean by calling uh and at the heart of the understanding is this diagram that uh Stu uh put together which uh won't be very visual for anybody listening to the podcast but it's there for the for those who are on on video and uh, and by the way, if you would like a copy of this booklet, feel free to either uh, drop into the office, we we'll give you a physical copy or send us an email and uh, we'll shoot you a PDF. And at the heart of the idea of calling for us is these three levels of calling. But before that, I started by trying to define what calling actually meant. And and uh, I, I'm still a little concerned that Stu seems to have... Uh, used an Android phone uh, to define God calling. Uh, but but the, the phone call was it was the best picture of uh, what what we mean by calling. It is this: when you call someone, it is you where you are reaching out to where they are and seeking connection or, or, or the chance to communicate. And that's what God is doing from where he is. He is reaching out to where we are and seeking to communicate. And uh, beyond that, I also talked about when you're in the Australian bush and you're lost, you yell out cooey. I don't think it works if you're in the North American bush, because they don't do it. Uh, but here in, in Australia, they do yell out cooey as a way. And what you're doing when you're yelling out cooey, you're saying, here I am. Where are you? Come to me where, where I am. And I think that's another picture of what we mean by calling this sense that God is not only reaching out from where he is to where we are, but he's also inviting us to where he is. And at the heart of this idea of calling is that Jesus is inviting us to where life is. And uh, and, and at Citywide, we uh, are committed to this idea that it's not just at this I think one of the one of the mistakes we can make is thinking that calling is just about what I do. But we talked about these three levels and that the first and by far the most important level is your relationship with Jesus. The second is what it means to live like Jesus. And the third is the specific way God is inviting you to live your faith in the specific context. He has you with the specific gifts he's given you. There are particular things he's inviting you to do with your day today. And that's what we mean by your specific call. And uh, I as we launched into this conversation, which we'll be having over these two weeks, I I said that the, I, I really do think that the, the clearest picture of the vision for our church is summed up by Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. This sense that God has given some people the particular task of caring for the church. And he, he listed the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. But the measure of their success is that uh, people grow up into the knowledge of the Son of God, that, that that base level that people get to know Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus, and but also that they go into the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. that They they actually live Jesus uh, and also that each part does its work, that uh, they that every one of us has a unique work of service and, and that when the leadership, the ligaments are doing their job, that all of us find our unique place the particular call that God has on on our lives so so you see that there in Ephesians you also see though it's not just the church those who are called to serve the church's task to do that that it only works when uh, we speaking the truth in love grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head of the church and it's Jesus that it's Jesus is the head of the church, not the pastor or anybody else who thinks they are. Uh, and it's only as everybody in the church is speaking the truth in love that we, we head in that direction. Uh, and so what we're saying is this is this is our vision for the church. We want to be a place that, sets, that looks for and sets aside those who are called to particularly serve the church, but that we understand that that's not the main game, that their, their job is to be the ligaments that help people connect with each other and connect with Jesus and, and enable them to do the, the, the work that God has for them, that at the, the heart of it, there is uh, this relationship with Jesus, and that is the most important thing. And, and the first half of the message, after sort of introducing those three levels and, and the vision for the church, I just said, look, I, at, in our church, we understand that this is the most important part of calling, that the, you are called to be in relationship with Jesus. And that's what 1 Corinthians one nine says. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his son, which is, I mean, you stop and think about it. You are called into fellowship with Jesus. The same one who flung stars into space wants to have fellowship with you. And, and so I said, look, And we actually list in the booklet the ways we think we need to be supporting you to live from that place of relationship. And there were six of them. We we understand that it is our task to welcome you into times of worship that remind you that Jesus is the very centre of the entire universe and not you. uh, And that Jesus needs to be the centre of your life and not you. We want to be reminding you how much Jesus loves you, no matter what your past has been. We want to encourage you to regularly reflect on the parts of your life that aren't surrendered to him. We want to continually invite and encourage people who haven't yet done so to surrender their lives to him, that that there is there is no other path to life. We want we want as many people to find this life as possible. Uh, We want to also encourage you to find real relationships with people who are also following Jesus. And we want to provide both encouragement, but also tools to help you spend time with Jesus each day, because it's there there isn't a way for Jesus to be the center of your life unless you're actually spending time with him. And so they're the the six things we say. These are the ways that we as a church believe it is our task to to do this stuff to help you step into the, this fundamental level of being called into relationship with Jesus, and uh, finished by challenging people to, to think about how have they actually experienced life through Jesus, and that that's kind of how we landed the first part of the, the the message, just landing it there and saying, how in your experience, so Jesus says He is the way, the truth, and the life. How has that actually worked in your life? So there's a lot in that uh, and, uh, you know, I always leave feeling a bit frustrated that there was more I wanted to say, but um, but for me, that really does begin to encapsulate what our church and what I believe the church is all about.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Um, Paul, what do you, what do you, what's your response to that?
2: Uh, it's interesting. Um, I, I agree with what Matt was saying, but, I really struggle with the term calling and the three levels of calling. And I've actually just, while Matt was talking, I was thinking about it. And I think I've worked out why I struggled with calling. And it's to do with my own interpretation of what calling is. Calling is me physically going out and doing something. Where if you actually think about the three levels of calling, the first one is someone calling you. And that's Jesus calling you, God calling you. The second one, is you both call and be called. And that's when you grow together. You've got this discipleship, you've got fellowship, you've got community. And the last one is where you do the calling, you actually ring up somebody, you do the calling. And I think I actually understand it like that. And I never, I really struggled with the three levels of calling because to me, when I heard it first, it was me always doing the calling because that's the way I understand calling. But when when you actually look at who does the calling, in each of those levels, it makes perfect sense. So that was my epiphany for the day on it. So, but, you know, like growing in community, you know, releasing people. And I think Matt had a bit to say in the first one, which he didn't mention, which was as a church, we're going to welcome people and we're also going to release people. And it's just part of the life of a church. And it's actually what we hope to do because as Matt said, as people learn their calling and be at that third level and have to go, we have to release them. But at the same time, we've also got to welcome new people in and it's just a continual process. And it's the first half of the Ephesians verses, you know, the pastors, the teachers, which will be the constant throughout it, but everyone else will be the flow through of being called, calling each other and going out and doing their calling. And it's, it's really, it's comforting it's also sad that you lose friends you lose you lose people along the way but but it's okay because they're still doing god's work but you also gain new ones so it's just a great adventure
0: hmm. yeah dan as, as paul was was just saying that I, I immediately thought of of your own story um i just wondered if, if you had any thoughts about that
3: yeah yeah definitely we've us myself and family feeling called um to step into a, uh, another church and yeah, that was a big process of discerning is that god's will and is that him calling <laughs> us to do that or is that um you know my own ambition or, or things like that and, and so yeah it was a real uh, i think these three steps was part of that i think coming into or growing in my leadership and and um understanding of the trinity i had to spend some time what's my relationship with jesus and that that verse that uh, matt reflected on on um jesus being the way the truth and the life and it says and no one comes to the father except through me and and so um really processing what's what's jesus relationship with me and and what's he how's he calling and and chosen me to to um glorify his kingdom and so that's been i guess yeah, the part of that journey is is knowing that relationship, and from that, helping discern calling and and in um, that middle step there, being a bit broader of, of just even how you you show that love of of um, Jesus amongst the community. So that's shaped then as we've as we're now looking at moving in to the Newstead area, where we we want to find a house that is hospitable, that we can have people stay with us or a, a, a table that we can have people around and, and, and things like that are, are making the part of our decision process that we want to again glorify God in that um, and be in the neighbourhood so that we can be um, a light amongst the neighbourhood. So I think these three steps of calling, your relationship with Jesus and then how that impacts um, your behaviour and then I think I've got that right, isn't it? and then the third one being your specific call. In that, um, then, uh, yeah, right. it has been. Yeah, it's worked out, and in, in, in my life and how I'm stepping into this call into Newstead, and and also what I thought as Paul finished there was about um, Malcolm as well. You know, stepping yeah. in that way as well. Um, you know, just feeling that God's calling him to the neighbourhood, and he's that's coming from his relationship with Jesus, and and his challenge and reflection and uh yeah they like say sometimes it means that we cause us into things that um well out of our comfort for one but two yeah, out of some relationships that we have that we don't maybe want to let go of but um that's for for his kingdom sake
0: mm. yeah mitchell how does how does all this talk about com- community calling people coming people going how does this all land for you
4: um yeah well i actually just wanted to ask a question if that. That's right. And I was Go. just thinking about the three steps of calling um, through what you were talking about. And I was just thinking, is us achieving our specific calling something that will naturally come together as we, one, have relationship with Jesus and, two, live the Jesus way? Or is it something that will need further progress or effort or something additional to that?
1: Uh, my experience is that... Uh, that... They are the foundation but there there'll be times where as you hang out with Jesus you kind of know he's calling you to take a step into uh something or out of something or uh he might be like it. so I, I think as we seek to live like jesus it'll it'll become natural and you'll 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 naturally connect with your neighbors or um you'll uh naturally do things. But I think Dan's a good example. Like he could do that uh, and, and really grow in those two areas. But there's this sense in this third level, uh, God's inviting him to pastor a church in Launceston, uh, which is an additional thing. It's a, it's a next step. It's a it's a it's a new context. And, and often, I guess it is about Je- Jesus moving the context in where you do live like him is a big part of you stepping into the calling. It's a, Your calling really is about you uh, living like him in a way that produces questions uh, in the context he currently has you until he moves you into a different context. So in your family or in your workplace or at school or university or whatever it is, he has you there, but sometimes he'll move you somewhere else. And so the Apostle Paul was moved to to leave the the church in antioch with silas and they had to release him and he had to to do, still hold on to those basic things his relationship with jesus and following jesus but he had to go and do that in different contexts so i think a big part of that third thing is where jesus invites you into new contexts
0: mm-hmm. yeah paul did you have any thoughts on that
2: yeah um it's interesting that one how you end up where you end up is basically what it boils down to and occasionally, like for me personally God's I've, I've felt the presence of God so strong and I've known I've I knew he wanted to tell me something and I still didn't know what it was but I knew it was God trying to tell me something and then the other times it's almost like you just have a peace about where you're heading it's like um you know a piece about something finishing up or a piece about something starting and you've just got this thing like, a, 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 it's just a feeling and it's really, really hard to describe. But the more more time you spend with Jesus, the more time you're in tune to him, the, more, the louder that, that piece is or the bigger that piece is. And a lot of times I, I firmly believe that God doesn't necessarily make it super obvious. Um, but he will shut doors and he'll open doors and it's just, that's where you've got to be in tune with God is to get that particular point in time and you can do all the skills, inventories you want, I believe but in the end, you've just got to listen to God That's and it's it's easy said, hard to do and hard sometimes when you're in a hurry and God still wants you to learn lessons <laughs>
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I know, um, Dan, I'll jump to in a minute, but I, I know I, what Paul just said, like, I would virtu- I would answer that question virtually the same way. Like it rings so true to me that, yeah, he'll close doors sometimes. Sometimes he'll give you this sense of like, oh, it's, this is right for me to do. You'll just feel at ease with a decision or you'll feel excited about something that comes up as well. Um, and sometimes you'll feel a bit of warning and, and you've got to listen to that as well. Um. Yeah, so that really resonated with me. Dan?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think our experience on Saturday, we we went to Lonnie looking for houses. We looked at five different houses and, and walked away feeling like, I don't think God's saying any of these are the right one. And hmm. that's partly also trusting uh, or trusting God that he would give us, like Paul said, that sense of peace. Um, but also knowing that we've got so many people praying for us as well, um, that God is going to be <laughs> in this decision um, and we will feel right about it at the right time. And yes, we feel like there's a deadline and therefore wanting to rush, but at the same time, that trust is more, I guess, it's stronger, knowing that we don't need to actually rush because we trust that it's part of God's plan um, because we're stepping out in this calling in this way and we trust you know, he's been pretty clear in the process so far so um, yeah this is another step that um, we've just got to trust that he's, he's got it in hand so I, I think I felt that yeah on, on Saturday is we, it was a big day we came back pretty exhausted and, and you can kind of go oh was that a waste of time but at the same time it was an exercise like you're saying Paul of, of um, going oh God's in this and and uh, he'll he'll give us that sense when it's when it's the right house so mm.
0: I, I think often too, when we're, when we're trying to figure things out and we're, we're, we're trying stuff out, oftentimes there'll be a bit of synergy that'll happen in your life when things are, are going the way God wants them to, you know, like you might make a decision to do a particular thing and then another slightly unrelated thing will, will change in a way that, that goes with that decision that you made and then another thing might change, it doesn't always happen that way, but It's my experience that you'll often experience that, yeah, that that sort of synergy in
1: your life when things are going the way God
0: wants them to in your life.
1: I think also my experience is um, kind of the the counter to that is when we, when God was preparing us to leave Canada and we were trying to buy a house over there and uh, just nothing was working. And it was like, and increasingly we were feeling more and more dissatisfied if God is preparing you to move contexts, then the, the, or to change contexts, often you'll feel a, a, an increased level of dissatisfaction. Yes. And, and 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 this synergy you're talking about just doesn't happen. Yeah. It's like you're getting brick wall after brick wall after brick wall, and you think, what is going on? What am I missing? Uh, and so, so it is interesting. Even in talking about it, I do think a big part of that third level is about God calling you to new contexts in order to, to live like Jesus, live the second level. Uh, and, and he will superintend that. And, and often if you don't feel like if there's not an obvious new context for you to go to or whatever, then probably what he's saying is stay in the, the same context you are and, and live like Jesus there in a way that produces questions out of your relationship with Jesus. And he'll make it clear when it's time to change contexts, is, yeah. Yeah. is my sense. Yeah. That's the interesting one,
2: isn't it? When you're unhappy doing what you're doing, but there's no obvious where to go. Yeah. That is when it gets really, really tough. And um, I was just thinking about that in the context of Leavendale, like uh, we're trying to change the service to a morning service. And over a period of time, the afternoon service got harder and harder to do, you know, like it was more and more effort for me to go down and do it. And, and I think actually God provided the short circuit in the end by putting me in the hospital for a couple of weeks and that actually allowed a closure and allows a new start. It's just really amazing. How if you look back and reflect back, God's gone, all right, Paul. I know you've had enough here. I know this isn't working, but you're struggling in your own steam to start it again. Hang on, wait for me. This is and he, give me a timeout. And it's and it's actually refreshed everything again. It's just it is amazing how he works. It's just incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know how that whether that's answered your question, Mitch. Um, we sort of moved around a lot
4: there. No, that was, that was great, actually. I really appreciate that. And I could certainly relate to certain things like, Matt, you were saying the, the synergy bit, because I feel like I've had that as well in certain parts of my life when I felt like I've known what I'm doing is what God has intended for me. So, you know, I really appreciate all that you said. That was actually really insightful.
2: The question on the question. That was a really difficult question, as in, I still don't know how to actually answer that question. Hmm. And you'll have to remind me what the question again was, Matt.
1: Yeah, it was, um, how have you experienced life through Jesus?
2: Yeah, I still don't know how to answer it. So I'm open to suggestions about how you should actually think about
0: it.
1: So hang on, what was the wording? How have you experienced life through Jesus?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting, I'd have to think about that one for a little while before I tried to answer it.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I got there and I went, I don't know what you mean. What, I, I really didn't understand the where I was meant to be going for the question. So I was just wondering if you could expand on that question in itself.
1: Well, I think there's two levels to it. When do we come to that discussion time? I'm happy for people to take it at whatever level they can. Just There's something useful about talking. Um, but Jesus promises he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he also says that he's come that we might have life and have it to the full. Um, what we're interested in at Citywide is to work out how do we actually do this? And, and so where in your life have you experienced that whole life? Where in your life have you experienced Jesus bringing life to you? Uh, whether it's at, at the first time you got to know him or as you have become gradually freer and and often we're more conscious. I think we're more conscious of all the unresolved things in our lives of how, uh, you know, I, I'm not this and I wish I was that and I did did that that I'm sad about. And, but I think Something about what I was reaching for with the question was getting people to think about, okay, what, in what ways has Jesus brought me life? In what, in what ways has this actually worked in my life?
2: I still don't understand. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I think I know what you're saying, but um, uh, just a bit of context for me. My wife died when I was Christian. Mm. Um, how, how can I relate that... To what you're saying is, is that's where I was sort of coming from and I really struggled with the context of the question. In, in, a, and the other side of it was, I have a life before I knew God, or before you know took Jesus my Lord and Savior and afterwards and they've been different, but how would I know they've been different hmm. So that's why I struggled with the question, does that make sense?
1: yeah well and i think there's as we talked about last week i think it was when we were talking about how jesus it's it's not superficial the stuff we're talking about but how uh he is with us in in the dark moments uh and and is a source of life and light even in the, the the most horrible moments of life but um, and again, it's not a superficial thing to be saying. Um, but but also, yeah, you can't see what you would have been if you hadn't.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's the bit I struggle with. I can't see what I would have been if I hadn't been knowing Jesus that time. So that's why I really struggled with it because for me personally, I think the only the only thing that ever kept me going during those dark times of, you know just post hmm. my wife's death was, there's a time and a reason for everything, but ours is not the, to know why. Yeah. And, and so there's that faith and that, that, that peace that only God can give that actually yes. keeps you going. But like you said, how do you know because you never lived it the other way to compare the two?
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So that's why the question is, well, if I can add to that when I heard that, what came to my mind, when I experienced Jesus is actually when I'm listening to others, Hmm. and and connecting with their story. And and so and, and they might have be telling me something that I haven't experienced, but I feel Jesus' heart in that hmm. moment of going either like you're saying either pain, um and going, Wow, like I know Jesus' heart on that. Is that not he doesn't want that for you? Or more so, I guess as I'm listening to some Christians talk about calling and stepping into what what's passionate on their heart, I feel that joy of um, you know, Jesus saying, Yes, this person's stepping into what i've called them to do and and so i guess probably more so connect with that question in that sense of experiencing jesus as i listen to other people respond to him and, mm. and i get that I, I i feel that sense of jesus saying yeah, isn't this great but this person's doing for me and, mm. and things like that
0: um, yeah I, I know like I, again it's sort of echoing a little bit what we talked about last week but uh, paul i guess i would say like my answer would probably be like i, I look at the situation of having two little boys with autism i mean that's not the end of the world but it it's 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 tough when your kids are different you don't want your kids to be different you want you know you want you want your kids to be normal and um i look at it and i don't i just i look at all the hard times that uh, we've had as parents and as a husband and wife with managing these two little boys which is no no picnic and um like i i look at all the joy and reassurance that that has come through that because of our our faith in jesus and because of the way Je- that 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 he's inputted that into our lives it's given us context for every little thing it's helped us to see all the little victories along the way and to weather those storms i mean these are sort of cliche words that people say but like they're really true like there have been times where you just want to throw up your hands and say, Oh, it's too hard. I, I can't I can't deal with this. But when you have that context of that that Jesus is with you, that you know, this stuff has happened for for a reason. I don't know, I don't even have to understand the reason, I just have to trust. And to just look at how he's provided in our lives, people, whether they be family members or friends or people at church, for example, who have offered support in different ways that have even in ways that they might not realize themselves that have gotten us through such hard times. And I don't know how, like how that would look without Jesus. I, I don't think we would have made it. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. And but the point was trying to compare how it would look without Jesus because he had, and with Jesus is really hard, but taking, yeah. taking Dan's point of view of when you see God at work in others, and you can, re- that that's actually really good. You see that a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so I can relate to the way Dan looked at the question, which,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
2: so I think it just, dep- yeah. And like, I look back on my life and I can see God at work. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But you go, I forgot the question again now, but you go, how how would my life be different or how? Mm-hmm. And, 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 he, and I can't answer that because I just don't mm-hmm. know. But I can see it in other people and looking at it from that point of view, it was a great question.
0: Hmm. I think we do tend. I think you're right uh, that we do tend to see it more in other people. I mean, again, like I've just, it's been, it's, it's like when you work with young Christians, when you work with young adults, Um, it's been so energizing for me um, to to watch people like Mitchell and, and the other youth leaders grow this year, like where they started at the beginning of the year and where they are now in terms of their commitment and their 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 own individual faith walk it's it's like wow it energizes me because i can actually see it happening in their lives whereas yeah like you say you know sometimes it's not so
1: obvious when it's your own stuff
0: so matt tell us about what we talked about in the second half of
1: the message in many ways we were coming back to what we've been talking about for the last eight weeks or so as we talked about what does it mean to step into the second level of calling which is living the way Jesus taught all his followers to live. Initially, Christians were called people of the way. Hmm. And uh, Jesus said, I am the way. Uh, And he actually says, uh, I've set you an example so that you should do as I've done for you. Uh, He also says, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Book of James says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Ephesians 5 says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus himself says, go and make disciples. A disciple is someone who takes on the way of life of the person they're following. Mm. Uh, And he doesn't say, go and make Christians, interestingly enough. Uh, And so and I I was just reflecting that all the pastors here on the Eastern Shore, we had a a fascinating discussion a number of months ago where we just said, look, we've got so far to go. The way we've been doing church hasn't been building disciples. It's been building Christians. And uh, we've got too many people who turn up at church on Sunday and look like everybody else on Monday. And so at Citywide, we tried to name the journey of becoming more and more like Jesus. And that's what we meant by the, the you know, by focusing on Jesus, reflecting, recognizing, choosing and acting that little diagram. I and mean, that that actually found its way into this booklet. Uh, and, and also naming what the, the Jesus way of life is. We, we try and capture that with the words, follow, bless and share. And in those, under those headings there's a whole lot of behaviours that sort of sum up you know how Jesus lived his life and and none of us are going to be perfect we're all, all on a journey but the sense is that god will be generally working with at least with 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 you on at least one of them whether it may be learning to listen to people or maybe you need to discover how to have a sabbath or learning how to worship or or uh, just uh, discovering more about what it means to spend time with people, eat meals with people. All those different things are uh, part of this. The, the acronyms, follow, bless and share. And knowing that none of us will get it all together, but we're all on a journey and part of us learning to live and, and be a bit more like Jesus is learning to face all of those things eventually. Hmm. So that's really the heart of what we we're trying to communicate, at the, the last bit. So I, I didn't go on quite as long because I know we've been talking about it for eight weeks. Uh, and uh, but at the heart of our church, we, we really want to be people who love Jesus so much that so that we look more and more like him. Uh, and I and then with that in place, then next week we'll, we'll, we'll take the space to talk about, OK, well, how does that work itself out in your specific calling? But you, you really, you're in dangerous territory if you're wanting to talk about, you know, what is my specific calling without Talking about those other two levels of calling first.
0: Hmm. Yeah, Dan, um, you're you're so involved in all the all of the the community stuff that we do as a church. Like, what what are the what does that look like in a in a when when you're doing it at a real level? There's this community stuff.
3: Yeah, I think a phrase that um, Matt used at Foundations that's really captured my imagination was um, that we're really Jesus is in our shoes, um, and so that sense of of um, you know we are His hands and feet. We are to glorify Him in, in the way that we the way that we um, live, uh, and so I think amongst you know our life groups and um, time out and and you know, a number what a number of of, of youth, like merge and and different things. Um, yeah, we're calling out our leaders we're calling each person to be jesus in that situation um and that's it's always that's a big call but at the same time that's what living the way um means is and the great thing is is there's grace for when we we stuff up and we say things in our own strength and our own get ambitious in our own abilities um but uh i think it's it's Great to see, and like what I was reflecting in that question before, when we see God turning up in in, in through different people and in these communities, um, it's just so exciting to see um, that way then represented in those communities and and people being drawn to that and and wanting to know more. And and, um, yeah, I think we've still got a way to go in in how we do that and and to step into that with confidence. Um, But... Yeah, when it does happen, I think big things shift um, Mm. in those communities. Which, uh, and that's I'm always keen on on that fellowship. Uh, You know, it's it's that um, doing that together. um, That yeah, we really see um, God at work
0: in those situations. Hmm. Yeah, Mitch, how have you experienced this stuff?
4: Yeah, well, um, I think being a part of a community, it involves. I think as we were talking about before in previous uh, podcasts, is that authenticity authenticity sorry and that vulnerability um that we have as individuals and I think that can create a true sense of community and a true sense of fellowship as well like um in my own experience I was at youth well I've been at youth for quite a while but I've recently you know started telling my testimonies and um leading talks and things like that and I I think It's been a great opportunity for me individually to actually realise what God has done in my life. But I've also been noticing the output of that and being authentic with uh, the youth around me as well, in that showing that I have struggled with stuff and that, you know, God has been the one that has set me through or set me free, sorry, in everything that I've done. But also being a part of that community, having others doing that to me has been actually really great um and there's been several individuals and i think they know who they are that have really pushed me through and allowed me to see the um the greatness of god and everything that we're doing
0: Hmm. yeah thanks mitch paul just how, how do we how do we do this stuff when it when it's hard we've got to deal with people everybody's got different agendas different ideas about how they feel like stuff should work uh you've you've been involved in leading church communities for a long time um how do we do it i know dealing with
2: people its just the worst isn't it <laughs> lucky god's given us grace sometimes that's what i reckon now how do you deal with it it's, it's an interesting one is it's all about choice and in, that's what it comes down to every time you do something you have a choice you have a choice whether you show grace or get grumpy you have a choice whether you look at the outcome or look at the process, you have a choice whether you look at somebody as a child of God or somebody who grates on your nerves. It always comes down to a choice when dealing with community. And I think the thing we need to do and constantly do is just keep at the basics. Hmm. We just need to be, like the last next step's Eight weeks, seeing it. I look back on that and I think it was just a refreshing time, just doing the basics. And I think to grow community, that's the thing we 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 miss out. We deliberately. I don't think we deliberately do it. But if you look at when you're trying to grow community, unless you do that basics right, nothing happens. It's a bit like calling. Unless you do the first step right, those next two don't matter. It just doesn't work. And I just think we just always need to be encouraged and reminded of the basics of Christianity, which is just you know love the neighbor like yourself, you know, and have grace. It's just those things and I think with that, community works and then you don't get hung up on things like paint colors or drapes or carpet colors or, you know, the wrong biscuits at morning tea. None, none of that matters because you go, oh wow, they tried, they here, they're smiling, yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure, but happy with that, but God's got it, and you just you just go with it, and that's when community grows,
0: and that's when community thrives, and it's just awesome to see. So, Matt, with all this stuff we're talking about, what kind of change and what kind of growth, what kind of stuff do we actually want to see happening in our church
1: communities? Uh, well we 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 do our best to name it with that acronym, Follow, bless and share. We want to be people who are living that stuff, that each one of those represent a behavior. Uh, And uh, if we're to be honest, uh, that the major thing we need to do is be honest. Uh, Ephesians says, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up. And I think if we could be a bunch of people who can speak the truth in love, both speak our own truth in terms of where where am I actually up to, where's at what level am I actually following Jesus and have a few people you can share that with, but also speak the truth in love to someone else about, you know, this is where I'm seeing you doing really well. And this is where I reckon you could be working on stuff. And that's where I would I, th- I think fundamentally I'd love to see us more deeply move into real fellowship where we're speaking the truth in love, framing these questions of what does it mean to to live this follow, bless and share way of life. And if, if speaking the truth in love was at the heart of it, I think, I honestly think we still have a long way to go. But if that, was, if that was the trajectory, I think we'd be on the right trajectory. It's an uncomfortable trajectory. Uh, and, and so I think the jury's still out on whether we've got the guts to do it or not.
0: Hmm. Yeah, Dan, what do you think?
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, reflecting on myself, I, I shared um, a few weeks ago about prayer. You know grabbing that <laughs> that behaviour on on prayer and um, how you know there's times where I feel like I lean a little bit more on my own thinking than than stopping. Oh, what's God actually want to say about this? And I think collectively, I I, I talk to Pete Clark and you know his passion for prayer, um, I think we've got a long way to go in always bringing it to Jesus. So what what do you want to do here and like? Just quickly coming to mind is is you know that, that story of Saul who who is you know waiting on the Lord but he's like ah oh, no I need to know so I'm going to sacrifice this before you know Samuel got there like it's it's needing to go you know what's what are we waiting for on the Lord and it's okay to to pray and have perseverance in that and I think sometimes you know culture where we pray for it once. And then we're like, yeah, let's go, but actually having that perseverance. So I know I, I am challenged with that, and I think I'd love um, to see more people popping up like Pete and, and there's other you know, prayer warriors, really, um, in the church. And I think we all um, yeah, need to work out what's those rhythms of prayer that we and, and the next step in, in taking our prayer lives to another level. That's certainly what I'm wrestling with anyway.
0: Mm. Yeah. Paul, did you have any thoughts? Yeah, I suppose that
2: prayer is an interesting one. Dan just brought up is, I actually find prayer challenging, and it's not that I don't pray; I find it challenging. But I also understand there are some really, really great prayer warriors out there, and I think this is where you know calling comes into it as well. Everyone should pray, but there's some people who are really, really good at it, and there's their passion and their calling. And it's really interesting. We're talking about you know speaking the truth in love, which Matt was talking about one thing that frustrates me no end is i just want to see things happen i just get there go. we're missing the boat we're missing the boat you know as a church we're missing the boat as as a and for me as a wider denomination we're missing a boat as christians we're missing the boat to actually go back to being at the forefront of society in change the forefront of society in doing the right thing and We've got so hung up on traditions and some people wouldn't say we're hung up on traditions but i think we're hung up on traditions and the way we do things and the way we used to do things and it just doesn't work these days and so i suppose my biggest frustration is the lack of urgency to change i, I look out there and i go all these lost people they get me they don't get me excited they make me sad but excited if you know what I mean I just want to get out there and say don't you know Jesus let me show you Jesus but you keep getting held back by the the machinations of the way the church operates and it's not the church is, the church isn't solely to blame you know I'm also partly to blame because one of my biggest failings is how I use my time I know I don't use it as wisely as I should so for me personally I'd like to see myself use my time wisely, more wisely. Um, but there's things that I do and there's things that the church do, which I absolutely love. So I even forgot what the question is. I got so excited about saving people. Sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, hey, look, it's hard to fault that. Look, M- Mitchell, uh, I just want to just hear from you. Like, What kind of a, a church community do you want to be part of as, as a young person?
4: Well, something I've noticed, Matt, recently that has sort of bugged me in the last i don't know six months or a year or something is people don't actually seem to be chilling around after church like i went to mornington what yesterday and it was probably 20 minutes after it finished and there was like 10 people there Mm. and i'm going what is this like i remember years ago we used to stick around till one two like doing stuff and relaxing and talking to people and it had a great sense of community and stuff. Whereas these days I'm honestly feeling like I'm sort of just playing table tennis for five minutes and then, Oh, we better shut up and head home. Like, I don't know if that's just a me, not, you know, knowing what's actually going on, but, or if that's actually what's happening. But I, yeah, I used to love having that lots of sticking around after church. It made it feel like a, a great community, but it just seems like everyone's rushing home these days. It's a bit more hmm. small, small scale than what you guys are talking about, but I wanted to. No, it's, it. <laughs> it's
0: important stuff that 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 uh time that we put into just hanging out together is really important. And and I mean, you can't build community without making time. Um, uh, Matt, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the dinner together uh initiative but that's kind of like a a push in that direction
1: yeah absolutely Uh, and it's interesting how it 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 was the number of people who were worried about it or or who found other reasons not to be there because it's just it's a scary thing to do to actually just go and have dinner with people uh but it was so exciting to see the to hear from people who just enjoyed meeting people they weren't used to connecting with and and that's our, our vision for the one of the things we want to do at the church is just actually have a meal together on a regular basis. It's not rocket science, but just spending time together. And I think I think that's where you can't kind of force people to to spend time together. But once they start to get to know each other, then it just becomes a natural thing. And so that hmm. so, so we can't step back and say this is going to accidentally happen. That's why we're having to take these initiatives like. Having dinner together, and our hope is on almost on a monthly basis next year, for people from all three congregations to to meet people they haven't met before, and actually just have dinner together once a month. Yeah. We're wanting to do more of that kind of thing. But I, I think what you're re- raising, Mitch, is a really good question. What does it mean? This is the question for me. Uh, do we have courage enough to do this? Because there is a way of doing church that is mainly focused on uh, Sunday morning and uh and, and do we have courage to be uh, the kind of speaking the truth in love community that uh ref- that that actually helps me name where i am now and have a sense of where i need to move into the future it doesn't just help me feel comfortable about being about not moving anywhere i think the old enemy be very pleased for you just to feel safe and comfortable with the rest of your life if you don't grow. Uh, but uh, if if we could be the kind of community that encourages each other to grow, and and actually move into community, I I hope we can do it. I hope we can do it. Can I just add? I actually feel for you, Mitch, because I feel the same thing.
2: And about morning teas and um, that afterwards, and I was just thinking about it. We've talked about meals, and what's the common denominator is usually food it's usually you can focus on something else and then the community happens around it and that's where meals are really good because you're focusing on something else and if you think about sundays for me personally i don't drink tea or coffee um and and so it makes it really hard to actually be able to be doing something and have a conversation you've actually got to go all in the conversation or do nothing and it's that and that's a really big step to actually take. And so, I, I, this is just me thinking aloud, and um, we talk about you know, having monthly meals. Why don't we have more of a focus on Sunday to actually encourage people to stay so they have a reason to stay?
1: And this is where we, we, we have different cultures in different congregations you Basically, get the Lena Valley Congregation, they almost have lunch together every week. They, they, their morning tea is so elaborate that yep. you, you get a really good feed there. And people do hang around much longer mm-hmm. at Lena Valley than they do at Mornington because yeah, they, there's I, something to focus on.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah. S- I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm listening to Mitchell and I'm listening to Paul. And I'm thinking they just need to come to Lena Valley; they'll be right.
4: <laughs> and I just say we did used to have uh, sausages and muffins that were served at Mornington just. That I put it out there. Bring back the hot dog. Yeah,
1: I'd, I'd love it. I, yep. I I would love to have lunch served every week after church, and so just a normal thing. That sounds great. I I don't at this stage have a way to facilitate that, but that I would lo- I would love just for just to be normal. I'd also love to have breakfast before you arrive, so you get a an egg and bacon muffin. As you, so you arrive early and have a good coffee, and like I, I think. That's the kind of church we want to be where it's just kind of normal to hang out, have a meal together uh, and, and, and for us in, um, in the BLESS uh, acronym, eating with people is actually a spiritual practice. Yeah, it's actually one of the things. Yeah. It, it really is. And, okay. it, and Jesus said of himself, everybody complained about John because he was, you know, he wouldn't drink and he wouldn't eat. But I came eating and drinking. I came partying and they complained about me. So Jesus made it clear that he, he loved to have a meal with people. Yeah. And, and he, he is our example. I think I, I'm looking forward to us being, being more normal for us to share meals together. And this is where we can learn from the Nepalese. It is just such a part of their culture. that they, They've actually purchased big Bay Maries so that they can, have, they can feed the whole church family. And uh, anyway, we, we've, got, we've got a way to go. But I, I love that. I think where the desire is building for us to be tracking in the right direction, I think.
0: Yeah. So Matt, tell us about what we're gonna be doing next week.
1: Well, we're back into our stepping into your calling booklet. And just a reminder again, if you don't have it, please come into the office and we'll give it to you. Otherwise shoot us an email or message us on Facebook or whatever and we'll shoot you a PDF. But we're gonna be talking about what does it mean with with those two fundamental levels of calling in place? What does it mean? to then step into the specific call that God has on your life. We'll be unpacking that from uh, the the little booklet we've handed out. And there are some particular things we're wanting people to know about what it it actually means in practice. And we'll also be talking about how we as a church stand with them as they step into the the calling that God has on their lives.
0: Hmm. Ah, Sounds exciting. Okay, so this has been the Next Steps podcast from Citywide Baptist Church. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, you guys, for being part of today. Please subscribe. Please uh, leave comments. Uh, Send us your questions. We really want your feedback. And, um, yeah, we look forward to being with you next week.